No, my hide and my key quite simply politics. Welcome back to another episode. I apologize for my absence. I have been extremely mowee, which is sick. I have had about a week and a half off work, fully bedridden. So this is the first opportunity to be able to get back in the studio. And I have a very special guest here with me today. Now, this is our first guest that we have with us who is not a member of parliament and remember this podcast is all about sharing a wide range of voices so that's including those people who work behind the scenes now not only does he work behind the scenes with me he works behind the scenes in politics and in election 2023 so we are going to have a very 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 enlightening hilarious likely most likely conversation with the one the only my one of my favorite people in the world jesse thompson welcome i feel like after it cuts to the reveal people are going to be super disappointed (laughs) (laughs) be imagining someone like i can't can't imagine who people would think of but here i am (laughs) so Tell me about your journey into politics because you're 27, right? 27? Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm 32 and I feel like you've been in politics longer than I have. <laughs> and so when I'm thinking about experience, oh my God, you have so much experience. So in like a, in a nutshell, tell us about your experience in politics and how you sort of got into it. In a nutshell? Oh, um, I remember my first ever political sort of volunteer campaign experience was uh, the 2013 election in Australia. Things are quite different over there. You're allowed to campaign on election day. Um, You often have people handing out how to vote cards, shoving them in voters' faces as they walk into the polling booth. But That is so weird. Yeah, it's gross. (laughs) Such a waste of like paper, but but it sort of adds to the vibe of the day. Yeah. the day before political parties start wrapping all the polling booths in bunting and signage and so the complete opposite of what we have in New Zealand in Australia schools wherever voting booths are they're covered in political signage and because they're set up the night before people have to guard the booths because some parties will go and cut down other parties, oh science, and it's total warfare. Are you serious? So, so my first ever sort of political volunteering experience was to stay overnight at a polling booth, just in a car. It was me and a friend were chilling in the car, just having a laugh, having some snacks overnight, making sure no one cut down our signs. Which polling booth was it? <laughs> uh, it was... Oh, this is... 10 years ago, I can't remember. It was one of the schools um, in the electorate I lived in. And it was massive, so every like half hour we'd get out of the car, do a loop of the school, <laughs> and then get back in the car. <laughs> oh and it was it was it was fun back then, but I was what, sixteen, seventeen back then, so but Did... don't think I'd survive a night Did... <laughs> guarding a polling booth. <laughs> It's like by nine o'clock. <laughs> would, would, um, did anyone come and try to cut anything down or whatever? No. 
no, no. it was fine. Um, not at our booth anyway, because it was one of the, it, it was a large yeah. school, but not many people voted there. Mm. So it wasn't a, an important booth. Like the other ones got targeted and things got ripped down. And once yours gets ripped down, you, you find someone to blame and rip down their signs and then thing, everything comes down. So the schools have to be rewrapped and there's so much waste at the end of the day. But Do you know that I did the polling booth thing, like the, what is it called? We watch? Um, here. Oh, scrutineering. <laughs> and so for scrutineering here in Aotearoa, you can wear a, um, what is it called? A ribbon. Rosette. A rosette. And so I wore a rosette and then I remember, because <laughs> I was in the seat of Rangatai, which is a strong labour seat. Kauroha. And obviously <laughs> I was not wearing a labour rosette. <laughs> and then all these people were complaining. And it got so bad. <laughs> I can't remember like those returning off, like not that one, but those people came and were like, had to come and have a look. And they're like, no, she's following the role. Yeah. So to hear that Aussie doesn't like that. Oh my God. I, mean, I remember one in 2015, it was a state election. Um, the how to vote cards are literally just pieces of paper that, encourage people to number each box in a certain order. Yeah. Um, and in 2015, there were about three injunctions in the in the courts f to try and get certain parties to stop being allowed to hand out their how-to-vote cards. Really? So, like, it gets intense on election day. You have legal teams in court all day trying to get things removed. On election day? On election day. So yeah. I'm assuming it's a Saturday? Yeah. Oh my god! So the judiciary is working on a Saturday. <laughs> Bring it over here! Bring it over here! <laughs> they're, they're all very urgent motions, and I, I yeah, no, I always questioned how much handing out flyers as people are walking into a booth when you're one in a crowd of like twenty people yeah. trying to shove your flyer in someone's hands. How effective that is! It's like Get out, get on the phone, yeah. get on the doors, encourage people yeah. to actually go and vote. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's probably more Before the effective day than, what, in the months leading up to it. Mm, so yeah. Like it's yeah, yeah, yeah. So you are deeply involved in election 2023 in lots of various capacities, including working with me and doing our great mahi and looking after all of the awesome kaupapa that we get to look after. Um, but tell me about what you have thought about election 2023 in Aotearoa so far. Like, what, how, how have you been feeling the vibe? I think it feels different. Yeah. But different compared to 2017 and 2020. Yeah. I can't really remember what elections felt like before then. Mm. And I think it's because sort of after... When Jacinda came in, mm. um, in 2017, like six weeks before the election, yeah. um, sort of the vibe of politics changed. It, everyone was aware of who Jacinda was and Jacinda Mania had. And that sort of carried through up until the beginning of this year. There yeah. was just a different approach to politics. When Chippy took over, what I liken it to is 
politics sort of gone back to normal. <laughs> it's because yeah. politics isn't that exciting. Mm-mm. It's it's long days. It's lots of reading. It's lots of speeches that are far too long. Yeah, and it just feels like politics is back to normal. Yeah, um, and I guess why I say it feels different is because I'm so used to being intensely involved in this manic, exciting yeah. campaign that it feels different in a good way to just be able to get back to grassroots and, and oh, I had to stop myself from saying focus on the bread and butter issues. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> um, what, what's it like for you when um, Prime Minister Dame Jacinda Ardern uh, took over the leadership so close to the election? Um, well, the day she was elected leader of the Labour Party, I started my job with the Labour Party as a field organiser. So <laughs> it's <laughs> it's um. So we, you're the reason this is all happening. It was, you know, we had six weeks to the election. Um, I always think back to two thousand and five when. Labour was on the edge. We yeah. didn't know whether we were going to be re-elected or not. And it wasn't until the votes started coming through in South Auckland that we knew um, Labour had another term in government. Yeah. So I was there, field organiser out in South Auckland for those six weeks. And it was intense. Mm. It was basically rebuilding a campaign from the ground up. Um, but the most enjoyable part of it was that with Jacinda coming in, we just had an influx of people wanting to get involved in politics for the first time. And for me, the most special part was that it was a lot of like young Māori and Pacific Mm. um, people signing up to get involved, coming along to this, this whale and ōtara to to make some phone calls and watch the leaders debates. And yeah, it was really exciting. Um, Long days. Yeah. We, we only had six weeks to <laughs> pull off an election and win government. <laughs> how, how many hours do you reckon you're working? Oh, not sure I should say. Might get, <laughs> <laughs> Might get pinged by, by some department. <laughs> but it was, you know, it was um, a labour of love because being able to support and these young Māori and Pacific yeah. people to get involved in politics was so cool. Yeah. And a lot of them still are today. And where were you on election night? Um, Can you remember? I was all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean emotionally. <laughs> I mean physically. Yeah. Um, we had our party election night function at the Aotea Centre. Mm. Um, before that... I think I was with Jenny Salisa mm-hmm. um, in Otahu. Um, that was really fun to yeah. like be with all our volunteers that spent the last six weeks in, intensely in each other's lives. Um, then we also got in the van and headed into the city um, in time for... We had quite a bit of time to kill um, in Otahu because you know, it was too close to call all night and yeah. into the next few weeks. 
But um, so if it hadn't have been, would you guys not have gone in? Oh, we absolutely would have gone in. It's just you know, the longer it takes oh, for right. the leader to yeah, make their speech, true. the more time you have yeah, to yeah. get in there. Yeah. Um, by the time we got into town, you know, all the other electorates had come in because they'd got the call. Like, yeah. Hey, leader's leader's going to make a speech at this time. Hi, Mike. <laughs> um, and it was so crowded. You know, I just remember getting so overwhelmed that I went upstairs where it was empty and just sat there. And I think I was the only one in the overflow room because everyone was crammed in and wanted to hear yeah. their speech. It was great, but it was good to just be able to sit and chill and have a little cry. <laughs> <laughs> Not because I was sad, just because, you know, six weeks yeah, of yeah, like 24 seven, always on your mind. It's the only thing you, you ever think of. And after any election, it's sort of an election becomes this thing that takes up yeah. every waking moment of your yeah. life. And seven PM on election day, it's all over. Yeah. And so all of a sudden you've got this free time and you don't know what to do with yourself. <laughs> and you're trying to think of things to do, but you're like, Oh no, oh, there's nothing I can do there, there's nothing I can do there. The only thing you can do is go and do the the enrolled non voter data collection from yeah. the, the electoral commission and um so the election now Mm. you know and you said it's felt like it's gone a little bit a little bit back to grassroots and bread and butter yeah you said it (laughs) what i'll I'll try and get you to say it in it for you (laughs) (laughs) what what has your experience been thus far um I said it feels normal. Mm. Um, I'm not going to say easy because campaigns are never, no. never easy. No, but it feels much more coordinated, organised. Um, not, not when you think about what's happening in Wellington, but when you, if you think about what's happening on the ground, yeah, yeah, it feels feels good. Are people grumpy? Are you saying um, that? I think from, you know, on when I'm on the doors and on the phones, I think the sentiment is, um, come on guys, get your shit together. Yeah. They're disappointed, but they know that when we start talking about policy, that's when Labour shows what, what we care about, mm. what matters to us. What what's the, the the best policy that you guys have? Do you think like that you like the best? Um, well, I haven't been released yet. I actually don't know what the ones might not that involved. I don't yeah. know what our manifesto is. Um, we'll keep. I'll keep thinking and come back to that one. Because obviously, there's a lot of parties pushing up policy and I feel like it's been policy overload mm. and for something where politics is essentially supposed to be about pol- policy mm. I'm like okay guys this is a lot now you could have done this all like months ago so we'd understood but I'm interested because obviously we talk here in the office a lot about the all the various policies is there any policies because you know that there's some that I despise <laughs> yeah and what I despise too <laughs> Are there any that you really, really dislike? Um, 
and not in Labour, like just across the political board. I think it's actually yeah. The the idea of it's not that I've seen anyone commit to it. Maybe the Greens have, but a universal basic income. Mm. Um, Isn't that tops policy? I think so. Yeah. yeah, and it's it's often promoted by the minor parties, but you know, uh, we'll just get all political theory here. But <laughs> like, I'm a I consider myself a social democrat, so you're you're making things work within a capitalist system that is that's the system we have. Yeah. Um, a UBI is not targeted. It doesn't go to the people who need it, and it. Um, I feel like it lets the shit parts of capitalism get away with being shit yep. without actually fixing any of the problems, mm. and that for me is what like, you know you can't pave over the cracks. You need to actually yep. fix the issues. Yeah. Um, so yeah, probably a UBI for me. It's I know there's a lot of people push quite hard for one and I just I couldn't support it. The people who are into it seem like doggedly into it. Yeah. It's I think it's the same as um rent controls. Mm. It's like there's evidence all over the world that they if they're implemented as a short term solution, they don't work. Mm. Because the the increases that have been banned just get piled on at the yeah. end of that short term. In the long term and they have to be very long-term to work, they just move increases to the surrounding areas, and it impacts people who can't afford to live very close to the city. Um, There's, yeah, I guess there are ideological (laughs) differences. You know what my view would be. It's typical state (laughs) interfering in everyone's (laughs) shit. Get out! What is... What is um what is the thing that you're looking forward to most coming up in the election campaign? Oh, the fifteenth. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Having a moi? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think um the leaders' debates are always fun. Yeah, I mean you get to see Chris and Christopher going at it in the house, but yeah. when you're taken out of that environment and sort of put up against each other. It's sort of your f- formal job interview. Mm. Like, which one of you is fit to be Prime Minister? Mm. Um, yeah, it's always good to to be able to watch and come to your own conclusions and hope everyone else is watching too. How do you think that they're going? <laughs> like, each of them? Um, I'm not sure. <laughs> Your real opinions will make us any friends at my hand. <laughs> no, hey, you can't I mean, leave me out of the lead to be the only one that gives our real opinions. <laughs> Um, I think, no, sorry, mine's just gone blank. Um, Well, like, so for Luxon, right, everyone sort of says, we can't connect with him, we sort of don't know what he's about, that Mm. kind of thing. And then with Hipkins, it's like, you're so distracted on cleaning up your own mess inside, Mm. we want you to focus on us, our country, yeah, not your own stuff. Like, what 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 do you see is happening? Because you're closer to the campaign trail than I am. I think it'll be um, easier on both of them. The public will get to see the real them a lot more. 
um, come September, yeah. once Parliament's out of the way, the yeah. real campaign begins, and then they can actually get out there, start talking about policy, mm. start talking about what they plan to do for the country over the next three years. Um, I wish sausage rolls weren't such a big feature of the campaign. <laughs> <laughs> I really okay, you have to give the <laughs> listeners context, clips and our producer name clips that <laughs> and then everyone just has the context of you talking about sausage rolls and nothing more so tell us about that so for as long as he's been in parliament chris hipkins has been known as the guy who always has uh, a coke and a sausage roll <laughs> um for what like breakfast or always has a sausage roll and a coke on him well more a coke a can of coke are you serious um, yeah Wait, does he have a no-sugar Coke, or just an actual Coke? See, I don't like Coke, so I, I can't... Differentiate. I don't pay attention to the difference, but it's definitely... There's a can of Coke of, so of, many of some sort. So many unnecessary calories. That, <laughs> I, I doubt it would be a full-sugar Coke. Um, to the point where there was, like, a fridge in his office that was just full of Coke. Oh, my God. And... Um, one of his kaimahi I used to work with also loved the same type of Coke that he did. So they both had Coke fridges in their, in their offices. And, like, it's endearing. But I'm so sick of going to Sundays. It's where the main feature is sausage rolls as the kai. Is that literally a thing? Yeah, it's, it's people leaning into it, and it's cute for a while. Yeah. But then it gets like, okay, can we move past the... The sausage rolls and actually, you know, talk about some things on the campaign that are meaningful. <laughs> it reminds me of um, pineapple and pizza. Oh, you know what I heard? It's that um, the whole pineapple on pizza and the walk run thing yeah. was, um, they were all like gimmicks from a marketing company <laughs> 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 to make them more relatable. <laughs> So we're talking about Sir Bill English here when he was in the 2017 election. Yes, PM. Yeah, PM and then going for re-election. Yeah. And so these things came up to try to make uh, Sir Bill more relatable or, well, you know, it depends which side or of the Or electable. Board. Yeah, or electable. <laughs> and one of them was that he liked pineapple on pizza. And then that caused this big thing where everyone was like, this is disgusting. No, it was spaghetti on pizza. Oh, was it spaghetti? It was tinned spaghetti, which I, I... Where did the pineapple and pizza come from? Or was that just Maybe a it was spaghetti on? and pineapple. Yeah, okay. I but I I thought it was great because, like, some of my best memories of when I was a kid is me and Anne and Pa, like, just making pizzas at home and, you know, not Italian. So we'd, <laughs> we'd, get a, we'd get a... Tennis, like, buy some pizza bases from Countdown, tennis spaghetti, and, like, cheese and ham or whatever. And I thought that was gourmet. <laughs> you mean to tell me you're not an Italian mother? No. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but, like, hey, no, no, that's definitely not a pizza. Yeah, but, yeah, But it was delicious. Yeah, absolutely. And so then that came up that Sir Bill was, that was what he liked on his pizza or something. And then there was. Well, the he posted a selfie. I remember of was him it? like putting a, the pizza in the oven, and it had tin spaghetti and maybe pineapple on it. And then the walk run one was that he would go for runs, and when he needed to, like, what was that again? I, I think he he just took a selfie video 
of him yeah. and said, I'm on a walk run. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Okay, so the reason why I can't remember any of this is that I'd like me to leave now. Because that was my final year working in the VR. So I was, at that point, just in trauma. So I was ready to leave. Yeah, fair. Might have just trauma blocked it all. From- <laughs> yeah, like, no. Just get me out and get me on that boat in Croatia. <laughs> Do you remember where you were watching the election results? What do you when mean? You were in Croatia? Or what, when Winston announced? Yeah, when Winston yeah, announced. Yeah, I was on a boat in Croatia. In Croatia. <laughs> not watching the election results. <laughs> you weren't? No. I was, uh, well, I you, didn't you, even... you checked out, I was just signing in. <laughs> I did. <laughs> You're like, yeah, replacing. <laughs> Boisterous Marley coming through. <laughs> no, because I literally, I was so far gone from everything, so exhausted. And bear in mind, I loved my time. Loved, loved, loved it. But I had just, I'd done my dash. Like mm. four years, I'd had enough. And and for context, that's not a lot of time. Mm. No. Like there's colleagues who I worked with, we were in there for the whole nine years. But I, I, I didn't even look at my phone, check notifications or anything. And then there was an Aussie on the boat who said, oh... That Winston guy has gone with labour or something. And I had heard it from another part of the boat. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and then all the Aussies were talking about it. Because obviously there was like all these Aussies on the Sarah Croatia as well. And then I was like, oh. And then there was that slight twinge. Because I had worked for National. Mm. I was like, oh. And then I was like, I'm in Croatia. Do I care? I don't care. <laughs> And then proceeded with my, my break. See, I was in, um, I was in Raro. We'd, oh. we'd just taken it. No, it was a, it's been an intense six yeah, weeks. Yeah, yeah. I'm out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just need to be somewhere where I can turn off my phone. Yeah. No one can contact me. Um, then it turned out there were a couple other, like, labour kaimahi in Raro as well. <laughs> so we were all just like, oh, I can't get away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and every day, you know, mobile data there is so expensive. So we would, we would like, we would like take turns each day. One of us would buy a top up and then we'd be the ones checking, monitoring that day. And then it's like, well, it wasn't today. You're up tomorrow. Um, and it got to the announcement day and I was on a party bus with <laughs> we were just dun, like dun, we were dun. bar hopping in Rarotonga and when the press conference started I was on the bus and the music was doof doofing and the rest of the bus was all Kiwis as well and like they could see me intensely looking at the phone and like like trying to hear what Winston was saying and then they were like what are you doing like oh Winston Peters is about to pick the next prime minister um, and one of them went up to the driver and was like, turn the music off! <laughs> Stop! And so it was just, they plugged in my phone and we were all listening and watching on the bus. Um, and we got to the next venue and he was still talking and he just carrying on about, I don't know, on the spot, I guess. Probably about, I don't know, the signing of Tee City to how that doesn't have any relevance in modern day. It's <laughs> just nattering on for far too long. Um, 
and we ended up being like parked outside the next bar for like, a good five ten minutes. <laughs> and like half half the bus got off, but then there was like some of us were still just glued to the phone. Yeah. And then he said, "Labor," and like we all celebrated and got off the bus and went to go get drinks. And then all I remember is being like, "Holy shit!" <laughs> What happens now? And it was swift and things moved quickly and here we are today. Can you remember what drink you were having? (laughs) Ironically, it was just this big blue (laughs) fishbowl. I don't remember what... I'm taking the joy from you all. (laughs) I don't remember what was in it, but it was just a massive bowl and it was blue. (laughs) And it had lollies in it, which is why. Oh, <laughs> love that. <laughs> uh, what are you doing after this election? Have you got a break oh, plan? Oh. Do you think? Like, what are you... It's... See, I think... Well, you have to ask me after the proper campaign period starts and things yeah. start getting into that intense six-week period. But... No, I think my um, my switch off relax time is like over the New Year period where I do just sign out of everything. Yeah, um, you actually doing... do sign out. You barely even text me back. I'm like, excuse me, <laughs> I need some attention. Oh, to be fair, half the time I'm in the middle of middle of a random field yeah, in, well, in Kaiwaka, yeah, <laughs> like... and then it comes up green, green, green for ages, and then it will come up blue, and then blah. <laughs> I don't. I don't even worry about where my phone is because we've all got walkie talkies to talk about talk across the farm. Um, and we're doing Father Christmas in Taihapi, so that'll be nice to see all the Father and sign out. It's really weird that it's it's literally like five months away. I know. We're in Kiritori Koka, like August. Yeah. And. It's so close. Yeah. Yet it feels, it's so far too. There's so many things to get through. There's like 70 something days until the election. And from the election, there's two months until Christmas. Year's all wrapped up. Do you reckon that it's going to be super, super close? Yeah, I do. And I think that's part of the whole politics back to normal thing. Yeah. Like it's, yeah, 2020 was not normal for it single party to win outright. It was crazy, yeah. It was almost I remember we got some modelling from our head office team to show that, you know, if Labour reaches um forty percent, these are all the electorates will win. In terms of polling, if we reach forty five, these are the electorates will win. If we reach fifty percent, these are the electorates will win. And I remember a lot of us sort of scoffing at the the research that we got because they ah, oh, we'll never win Island. Yeah, we're also yeah. Not going to win Upper Harbour. Yeah. And we won them. Mm. And when they saw those seats full, my first thought was, well, we owe the team an apology because they were dead right. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. we won all the seats that they modelled we'd win, and and it's just confusing yeah. really. So how I. Are they counting the votes right? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. This doesn't happen in anything. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Do you think that that was good for democracy, though? 
Like, this is removing the political lens and more just being like, because there was an outright majority in the House. And Mm. obviously, given what we do working as lobbyists, we have to actually, you know, consider whether or not, well, I'm often thinking, is that really good? Like an outright Mm. majority? Was it? No. I mean, thinking back to my time in Australia, I think the time we got the most sort of well thought out and good Mm. policy through was that last term of government Mm. under Julia Gillard when it was a hung parliament and you had to constantly talk to the crossbenchers and make things better to get enough support across parliament. If you're able to ram things through without talking to anybody, not that they don't, I'm sure that they talk to people they want to talk to. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But being forced to consult and forced to improve things to get enough support is always a good thing. Yeah, like, I remember Te Pāti Māori, or Māori Party, as they were known then, Mm. when I was working in the Beehive, were really good Mm. at getting national to resile from things or give, you know, concessions. Mm. And it's that stuff that you don't see happening. Um, I remember... Um, United Future as well, Peter Dunn. He was also very good at doing it, just saying, like, here's what it's going to take. And it's interesting, you know, because it's almost like now that the opposition, oh, no, not opposition, crossbenchers and that, there's not that element there. It's almost like the public voice has got louder. Mm. Because it's actually... sort of had to, right? Yeah, it's had to, which is very fascinating. So I'm interested to see what will happen after the election. Because I don't think... It's going to be a very... Oh, God forbid, like, touch wood and we have another pandemic. But I don't (laughs) think that we'll ever see an outright majority in our parliament ever again. So it's going to be interesting to sort of see how that plays out. Yeah. I mean, you know, with all the electoral reform stuff happening, I... As much as it would bring in quite a few parties that I don't agree with and have some, frankly, wacky conspiracy theories. I think lowering the threshold is a good idea. Mm. It brings more diversity and makes people, forces people to work together across Parliament to get things done. Um, what number do you want it at? Well, I'm not sure I've settled on the number. The current proper is 3%. Mm. Um, that seems fine. Three percent. So that would see top in. What it, it would see New Zealand first in. It would. I mean, it would secure Te Pāti Māori in. Mm. Um, so it's not too many, like you know, single MP parties that would get in, but at least it's more of a voice, more diversity of parties. Yeah, God forbid though, Ryan Thomas would have a lot to get in. That's what what I meant by loonies with conspiracy theories. But I wish that, as a gay man, I could control the weather and and send out an earthquake whenever I wanted to. Are you telling me that you're... power. Are you telling me that you don't do that? (laughs) Can either confirm or deny. I thought you were. Your nickname was Tuffin Marcia. That's my drag name. (laughs) 
She comes in <laughs> on a cloud. <laughs> you know, it, it. Whoever gets into Parliament, sort of, you never know what it's like until you're in there, right? Yeah. Even as staffers, yeah. We can't tell people what being an MP is like because we've never been MPs. Yeah. We've never been the actual minister who's neck is on the line. But hell, we can say what it's like being an advisor. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, once those smaller parties are in Parliament, it's make or break. Because yeah. whether they can handle the pressure mm. of that place to be seen, whether or not they show up for work is, yeah. They might come show up crashing back to reality. Show up for work. Do you mean like being present or giving proxy votes? Oh, yeah. <laughs> being in the house and, you know, it's all good and well to want to be out in your community, but your job is to represent people in the house. So for those new and <laughs> this is a particular reference to the party Māori hmm. that consistently doesn't put in their votes and you can do a vote by proxy. So one of your duties in Parliament is to vote on things. And it's not hard. Remember, there was a time when David Seymour was a party of one in ACT. And while I can't verify this, but I'm sure somebody who's got far better access to time to have a look at stuff would be able to go back and say, was his proxy given? I can rest assured say that probably more than likely that every time his proxy was given in. But it's just a consistent... What would you call that? It? Just absence. Yeah, right. consistent absence of being doing one of your fundamental duties to that house mm. is to vote mm. and cast those votes. And I just it just is some too proud fuck people with fuck up Maori mm. to have those representatives not doing that, which is fundamentally writing a piece of paper and saying two votes yes or two votes no. Yeah. And not doing it, it just it, it it astounds me, especially given they've got kaimahi. Yeah, teams of people to to look at the order paper and see yeah. what bills are coming up for debate, yeah. and formulate an opinion, write that opinion down, and give it to the people to who are casting votes for yeah. you. I get that not every MP can be physically present, present yeah. in the house all the time, but far too often you know, the clerk will call a party vote and. Silence. And they'll get to Te Pāti Māori and, and um, Mika and and the other oh, yeah. in, independent yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And it's just Elizabeth, silence. Yeah. Um, and it's disappointing. Yeah. Because, you know, you were elected by people to represent them. Yeah. And... You should do that on policy. Do it's you your job that, to make policy. Do you think that they should sanction them? Like anyone who doesn't cast their vote? Well, I... I'm not sure about sanctions. I mean, the, the sanction is ultimately the election, right? Mm. The public get a, a say on whether that's okay or not. Um, but in Australia, MPs have to actually be in the House to vote. There's no... Party oh yeah, tell me no. this. Okay, yes. Which share the story I about. love because when I was working there, they all literally had beepers connected yes. to their to them somewhere, and they would get beeped by the party whip every time there was a vote on this. 
the the bells would go off and then you'd get beeped and you have to drop everything and run to the house <laughs> and it was it was mental the um i remember there was one time a vote was called for something and one of the labor MPs was in the gym mm. and so he didn't have time to get dressed we've got a couple minutes to get to the house yeah and so he just rocked up into the house at his this gym gear and trainers and love that <laughs> and went straight to the to the table um bought himself a glass of water then walked over to whichever side he had to vote with <laughs> oh it was God. it was really cool not often that they show up in the house in gym gear yeah but. yeah yeah did the other but as he rolls around like um attire i'm sure there is but code, it doesn't yes sort of like well he had to vote do you rather he missed the vote yeah, yeah. to get dressed or just him do his job yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah i remember this is why i freaking love this and it's so different because i remember when i was with my minister one of my ministers and we were sort of doing bilateral engagement we're over in aussie parliament and we we're meeting with um minister arthur arthur Sinodinos, and he was sitting there and all his staff were like remember you have to keep watching the thing the clock yeah yeah and that because they were like oh sorry 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 like there might be a vote so if we get up and let and honest that was my first experience so you're sitting there in this meeting two ministers different countries talking about serious things but then they're like oh just sorry just letting you know yeah i may have to leave at some point just leave your meeting like that because <laughs> the, the clocks and the clocks all around parliament they're just normal clocks but they also have a green light and, and a red, red light, light in yes, there. That, yeah, and if yeah. the red light's going off, that means senators have to get to the Senate yeah. and cast their vote. And once the, the light stops beeping and the bell stops ringing, you're locked yeah. out. But, but literally, when the time's up for reps to get into their houses and, and cast a vote, if you're not there, the speaker, once the bells stop ringing, will literally stand up and say, lock the doors, and the doors get locked and you're not allowed in. <laughs> like, oh my um, have there been MPs like outside? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and there's also because you, the way they vote is you, if you're voting yes on something, you have to sit on one side mm. of the house, and no on something, you sit on the other side, and the whips usually tally up the votes and cross reference and all of that. But there have been times when um, MPs just aren't paying attention, or they get caught chatting, or they're asleep. And so haven't moved to the other side with the rest of their party. No. And, and have voted with. No. Against their party because they weren't paying attention. <laughs> okay. What does that look like in practice? Like behind the scenes? Do they get like, dragged? By oh, their absolutely. Party? I remember one of the um, MPs I worked for over in Australia. He did something naughty. And his punishment was he had to. Well, it wasn't, it was more punishment on the staff, really, because we then had to go and research um, marine dugongs and write speeches about them, and he just got put on all the boring bills that <laughs> no, one, no one was interested in. So, yeah, the punishment, I think, because we're also in a hung parliament, yeah. it gets quite difficult to punish anyone just in case they take the whole ship down. Yeah, true. So you just get... Little things like speeches on boring bills because no one's no one's watching that. 
Mm. You don't get any airtime yeah. off a speech about dugongs in the EEZ. <laughs> <laughs> At least you say something controversial. Well, yeah. And you get put on worse basis. <laughs> Do you think that you could ever be an MP? God, no. Oh, that was, there was no hesitation yeah. there. <laughs> well, I think I could. would never want to, though. Yeah. Why not? It's, I don't. Well, you, as a staffer, you see the way MPs are treated. Mm. Um, it's sort of there's so many people who, once you're a, a politician, they don't see you as human. Mm. And quite frankly, my mouth would get away from me, and I'd start doing some very um, unbecoming things of a public figure. <laughs> 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 so I, I would. Want to defend myself against yeah. attacks and and you know MPs are almost sort of expected to just take it. Yeah. Um, you see the the hate-filled messages coming through inboxes, mm. particularly when you're working for um, MPs who aren't straight white men. Yeah. You know, a brown mm. gay man or a, an ethnic woman that's even worse and, and God forbid somebody is indigenous that has an opinion <laughs> 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 um, and it just you know you you can try and as a staff member shelter yeah. your MP from that but whether it's you can't block them from their Facebook messenger yeah messages that come through or their Instagram or their Twitter or their email that comes directly to them with all kinds of threats. Yeah. And it's because people don't like the party you're in or don't like the policies your party's promoting. That's never what comes through in messages though. It's always you. direct personal attacks mm. and and you can put up your walls and remind yourself that they don't hate me, they hate the party or the policy. But there's only so many direct attacks on you as a person True. that that can hold back. So, is there like yeah. a is there a really bad one that you can remember over your time in politics? Um, yeah, like well, a few that you like, have to pass on to Parliament security and mm. that get passed on to the police, death threats. And, yeah, and. You know, threats of rape, like that's disgusting. What? It's disgusting. Are you serious? Yeah, that's mm. it's gross. Yeah, and so all power to the people who do put themselves forward yeah. and and are thriving in their roles. Yeah, but takes not, a lot not for me. Yeah, not for you. Not interested. I respect so much people who can put themselves forward for a role like that that I will happily support them yeah. in that journey but I'm not interested yeah I'm not interested <laughs> yeah, that's pretty that's pretty clear <laughs> um we're gonna do the Molo Bravery shortly and you're well familiar with this well, like 
I wrote them, but I don't remember what's in there. <laughs> That's right. I hope we get you like a dodgy one. Nah, to be fair, there's not any dodgy ones because we talked about this when we were putting this together. Or did, and... you, or did you update it before I came in? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I had to change them all. No, because we talked about this and then we thought, well, how how far do we want? really want to push the boat out? And then we thought, yeah, probably we do actually want guests to come back. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. But... um. One of the things that I'm always very, very interested in is just like what advice that you'd give for young people thinking about politics, because we both sort of have been in and around politics for a very long time, Mm. um, and we would still be considered young in terms of politics. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I even got called rangatahi like a couple of months ago, and I was like, (laughs) really think that's pushing out the boat? (laughs) I got called matua the other day. Like, no. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, what would you what would be your advice or your takeaway? Um actually, my real advice is if you're dead keen on getting involved, be persistent. Mm-hmm. Because you know, I'm not sure how often that online sign up form is actually checked. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the one that says, like, volunteer to help, yeah. like, yeah. I know, like, as we get closer to the election, it's checked more regularly, but, you know, it doesn't have to be centrally with the Labour Party. Like, find out who your local candidate yeah. is. Flick them a message, because they will always appreciate the support and sort of bring you into the team. And there's so many jobs to do. Yeah. Um, so many. So many. <laughs> <laughs> um, my favourite is... Um, Door knocking, or you like door knocking. What is wrong with you? <laughs> I think, well, it is as like... a as a field organizer, sort of direct voter contact is the most important thing you can do to get, you know, get your yeah, message out. Yeah, and it's not, it's not one way communication that matters. It's you have to yeah, be able to have way. a conversation with people, and I think I hate phone calling because I'm a millennial. No. <laughs> Because I hate phone calling too. <laughs> I'm but, not very good. But I think it's I think it's because, you know, the difference in the conversations you have on the phone versus on the doors. People yeah. because they can't sort of see that you're a real person over the phone, they're a lot ruder. Yeah. And so I'd rather rock up to someone's door, have a knock and be like be a put a face to Yeah, that's the, true. Put a face to the party and actually have a conversation. That doesn't mean they're not still aggressive yeah. but but it happens far less and people can sort of treat you like more of a human yeah. than they do on the phone I do find it hard though like if you're a volunteer door knocking and your candidate's not door knocking oh that's breaking one of the fundamental rules 100%. candidates have to lead by example yeah yeah absolutely so yeah who was it <laughs> oh, just talking. So I'll, I'll have a word with you. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember that, yeah, being on that doorstep mm. and just being like, I really don't like this because mm. I feel like it's a personal at me and I'm just trying to hit, like, just do a job. I do remember um, leaflet dropping. Mm. I quite like that, uh, probably because it's sans any human injury. <laughs> And I remember <laughs> <laughs> Is that again in the heavily labour area, 
putting national flyers out. <laughs> and then people like getting them chucking them all like in the bin or in the gutter or what you, you could say I can, you could see them. So I just went back and re really flitted all the cars. <laughs> <laughs> such a little shit. See it's the thing I don't get though, is like you might may not like the flyer. It doesn't mean you need to litter. Yeah. Like, put it in the bin please. <laughs> like Like I always get these like Auckland transport ones, and they come out of my little box, and I look at them, and it's like consoles. I'm like, yeah, into the recycling. <laughs> like as I'm walking from the letter box to the recycling bin, yeah. looking at it, like, oh yeah, okay, you're gonna dig up another pile. Okay, cool. <laughs> more cycle waste. <laughs> All right, bowl of bravery, ready to go. Let's go. I hope that you get like a really hearty one trying to rack my brain with what is on these you, genuinely like you be able to remember yeah. we did these like two months ago and we did them in like a high state of stress <laughs> so... google really helped writing them yeah. right. oh god what is your proudest accomplishment and why well, we're probably going to have to put that one back in because that's a nice one to know. Like, you can answer it, but I'm, yeah. Um, wow. For everyone listening, we're not in dead air. Jesse's thinking. Yeah. <laughs> For the audio listeners. Yeah. Um, oh. There's so many. I think one that comes to mind is... um. <laughs> oh, don't laugh and look at me oh, well no <laughs> he literally just cracked up if you're listening he literally just cracked up and then looked directly at me in the eyes. well no I think it's um, before working here I um, worked at an NGO and um, you know there were some big social issues that we were working on and um, without knowing it at the time it's basically an in-house lobbyist <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, but just being able to go and sort of clear the decks coach the team yeah. into a place of um, getting their message right yeah and and pushing for what pushing for what they wanted on behalf of the people they represented. Yeah. Um, and getting around some massive internal changes that meant we could um, sit down with ministers finally after a really long time of being ignored, just changing that perception of the organisation from one of being Wells's yeah. to one of actual evidence and data and fact and now being sort of respected and partnering with the government on fixing some big social issues. Yeah. Um, that's sort of the one of the long-term achievements that I'm sure will um, endure that I'm really happy to have worked on. And the why? Um, I think because the, the issues that they deal with um, had impacted my 
China as well. Mm. And so it was sort of a way of there's always a little bit of me in the work and and I still whenever I see press releases go out, feel really proud that, yeah. that I could be a part of supporting China like that. That's amazing. Mm. I love that. <laughs> Yay, on a high note. Now would Tafari Mati like to add anything to the conversation? <laughs> Oh, 70 something days to go. <laughs> so many political storms to come, I'm sure. Oh, what a fun. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Any final thoughts before we wrap up? Um, actually, I was thinking before when we were talking about people who are absent from the house. <laughs> um, we do a panel at Afi called Ketiaha Parimata. If you want to know what's going on in Parliament and maybe figure out your position on on bills, <laughs> sign up. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, this is like, here's something else you can do. No, I love that. Yeah. Where did they sign up? Isn't it? Uh, I, I can't remember what it panui. is. nz forward slash Parliament? Yeah, I think it's Parliament. Yeah. Well, it's just Linktree forward slash AFINZ. Yeah. It's got everything you need to know. Linktree forward slash AFINZ. Yeah. Okay, amazing. And then you can hear from this one directly. (laughs) 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 It's been my absolute pleasure to have you with us today. Thank you so much for sharing all of the amazing anecdotes all the way from Australia to Aotearoa all the way into the Apitari. It's my honor to be able to work with you i really enjoy spending pretty much every day of my life with you (laughs) (laughs) running around screaming at each other from across the office did you see this (laughs) (laughs) i'm sure i'm sure i'm sure that after this election campaign you will have some amazing corridor to share always stories out of an election so i'm gonna get you back on after the election once you've had a break <laughs> potentially had another had a sleep had a sleep had a moy had another uh blue bowl with lollies and alcohol in it might have to make it a red one this time. Yeah. <laughs> maybe we can bring them on to the podcast but hey i mean we're already wild enough as it is you speak after hours <laughs> yeah after hours <laughs> um I wish you all the best for your campaign. Thank you. It's going to be amazing. Always alongside here to Tautuku you. Um, you're a superstar. And thank you so much uh, for coming on the podcast. Thank you. That's our latest episode. Remember, you can check out all of our other episodes on quitesimplypolitics.nz or you can check them out on our YouTube channel. And, of course, the audio is available on all podcast platforms. That's it for another episode. Next week, we are back... And we're back with our ministers and MPs. So we've got a party leader next week. So make sure that you tune in. And just to round it all out, I'm super aware that I forget to introduce myself every time I do this podcast. But I feel like I don't need to do it. But for all of you that are listening, I'm Holly. Thank you so much for joining us. And that's another episode of Quite Simply Politics. See you soon.